Straight out of the state of Oklahoma. I'm excited about this one. We've got three guests tonight. You're going to love them all. We've been experiencing some unbelievable hunts, both ducks and geese here in the great state of Oklahoma, with none other than our boys Blue and Trey from Flatline Outfitters. And they introduced us to Russ. Mr. Russ has become a fast friend. He owns and operates the Law Dog Hunting Lodge. He's rolled out the red carpet. He's welcomed us with open arms. And the last 10 days have been so memorable. Tonight we're going to specifically talk about the last pretty much 48, 72 hours, and there's been a lot stuffed into those days. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is brought to you the McGeehee Brothers, Brian and Mitch, Gator Coolers, the great state of Louisiana, cold-blooded at its core. We always talk about ice retention. That's what I'm about. I like to get educated on what retention is and how it makes things last longer, and I've been educated a lot in the cooler world. I love the brand, I love the culture, I love their family, I love their dedication, their commitment, all of their passion, they bring it 110% every time. And now they got what we're calling Gator Skin. Our coolers look unbelievable with the engraved pads on top and they just delivered our Gator Tail boat and the padding on the floor, everywhere you have on the decking, everywhere you step, non-slip. It's got our logos of our sponsors and our brands engraved into it. It looks absolutely classy. First. It's top shelf, guys. I'm I'm talking about Gator Skin from our friends at Gator Coolers. Today's episode is also brought to you by our new friends, Cajun Boy Catering. We just ate gumbo. I'm going to ask one of our guests tonight, Cody Candy from Whiskey Myers. You eat gumbo. That was was good. Top seven uh, in the world. I'm I'm top seven in the world. Top seven gumbo eaters in the world? Yes. Was that some of the best gumbo you've ever had? It was amazing. Yeah. They they used some of our rubs in there. They used a little drop tie and a little foul. But... It was just one of them things that was almost just, it was perfect. Every bite. It was, I was explaining to Brian, it was savory. Rob's smiling over here and licking his lips. I mean, he feels pretty good that he's here with us tonight because he very easily could have been somewhere else. But we'll no, get to that in another point. They smoked that duck on that Traeger for a little while, too. They did. They put that duck on the Traeger. But was that good gumbo, Rob? Oh, my God. That's great. That was the best of the best. It's uh, it's Gumbo is a roux. A roux is what? Is the, you, do you have a roux in gumbo? I knew he was going to ask me cooking questions right off the freaking bat. Do you not have a roux in gumbo? Yes. Oh, Cody knows. You don't know. He's well, uh, no, no. I'm pointing over here. He he's a a roux is a gravy, or that's the beginning of the gumbo. Do you know what a roux is? Yeah, man, it's a roux. Do you know what a crawfish is? <laughs> it's a roux. I seen one one oh, time. Hey, come here real quick. I got to know what a roux is. Is it R O U X? Depends on what side of the body you live on. Is there another way to spell it? R O O. Get down here on this microphone real quick. What is it? What is it? Was a smaller rougarou. <laughs> what is a roux? You got talking to the mic. Gravy, um, oil, flour. Cook it to almost burnt. Keyword almost. Almost burnt. Almost. almost. That's why they're here. I burn them. You burn them. Yeah. That's, that's on a, a big split scale. second of time. That's why we're here. So a roux is an almost burnt, just a little mixture, almost a gravy. You said flour in there. You got oil in there. Flour and oil, equal parts. It's almost a gravy. But man, that that roux tonight was good. I, I need to learn how to do a roux. They make those automatic roux, like Tony Chastry's and all those. And I I know a lot of Cajuns that cheat and use that. So they admit it. They really admit that they use that kind of a roux. But 
It's a whole, the deer steak tonight and the sauce that they had, that dipping sauce, yeah. as well as um, all of the, the gumbo was absolutely unbelievable. So thank you to the Cajun Boy Catering team. They flew here from the great state of Louisiana into Oklahoma to take care of us today. And we truly appreciate that. And last but not least, today's episode of the yeah. Foul Life Podcast is brought to you by Blue Moore, Trey Miller, Flatline Outfitters, Oklahoma, USA. It's uh, it's something to you know say as far as getting your clients on what people always term the hunt of a lifetime. And that gets thrown around a lot. But I'm going to defer to my guests again. We all came here with you know pretty optimistic attitudes. Was the last two duck hunts like... Was that like what dreams are made out of? Absolutely. It was magical. Magical, huh? It's one of those things, like I hunt everywhere. And when you come back, you get one of these hunts a year, if you're lucky. A really good, special, blowed out. It's awesome. And we did it two days in a row. It's just it was really amazing here. Awesome. And the, the weather conditions and everything that hit it, you were able to see. It, it just, it was gorgeous. Do you have to shoot them every time they finish in the hole? Like, what you guys kind of got a little taste of what I've become kind of known for is I don't call the shot. And I get a lot of pressure on me because I, I I picture it in my head when I see them doing And sometimes you get to experience that and they do it. And then other times you get a little too what we call greedy and you lose them. But did you guys get any of that apprehension at all the last couple of hunts to where you were getting pissed off at me for not calling it? Or were you lost in the mystical like powers of that was happening like yeah, it, was, I was, it was self defense as far as keeping them all yeah on. yeah we had to for our lives <laughs> they were that thick. we got we got scared we had to shoot there was a couple of single hens that come in that i was really eyeballing <laughs> but uh, no in reality to let them go and let them do what they did and to watch it because it's just like you said that's something you don't get to see a lot of times you're hunting places where and i know lots of guys from all over the country that go in and if they can see two or three ducks on the day, whether they even get to shoot at them, it's like, great, I had a great hunt. Mm -hmm. uh, when you look up and there's four or 500 of them cupped up and they're bouncing out and your eyeballs are crossing. And if you do jump up, you look and go, you don't even know which one to shoot at. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's. And that's because of the awesome. network that Trey and Blue have built here. I mean, yeah. they, they got these landowners and they're, you know, they become friends with them. They network. Russ has a network of people that, they've built throughout the years here. And that's what it takes to be a great outfitter. I mean, I've been on giant Canada hunts here, lesser Canada hunts, speckle belly hunts, snow goose hunts, pintails and mallards over water. We've been on unbelievable peanut field, dry field peanut field hunts. Flatline offers it all. And hey, we, we don't, what I told Cody come in here, I said, man, we're not fancy. We don't go to big lodges and have that, you know, that five-star attitude. I like laying low and being able to come back to a kitchen like Russ allowed us to do and throw down and cook for ourselves. And Cody's like, I'm all in. Don't worry about me. We're rolling, right? And and you, you, you come into a place like this and the hunts take over as far as building those memories because we're going to talk about those two days for the rest of our lives. I mean, those mallard ducks put on a show. Yes, that, they do. And that and that that's what Flatline's known for. So thank you to everybody for supporting the partners and sponsors that support us. And you heard tonight that we do have some awesome guests. Brian McGee, owner, co-owner, and co-founder of the one and only Gator Coolers. Welcome, Brian McGee. Thank you, sir. Rob Roberts from the great state of Arkansas. Rob Roberts Custom <laughs> Gun Works. He uh, builds the best guns on earth. Does all of the Benelli Pro Shop guns. He is awesome when it comes to patterning 
and making sure that your gun is performing up to its fullest potential, which I did watch him shoot today and he might want to work on his guns a little bit more. I'm not going to lie, I just watch it. <laughs> I mean, I do have feelings, but go ahead. And last but not least, the lead singer, the front man, very, very honored to have Cody in camp because he is a badass rock star. Like, I don't know if he's at the rock god status yet, but he can freaking put on a show. Before I introduce Cody, Rob, you're a music guy, and Brian, you're a music guy. Mm -hmm. We've been we've been honored to be around a lot of cool musicians together, right? But all of us. Chase Rice just left here, been around Leith Lofton and Drake White and Aaron Lewis and John Party. The list goes on and on. But tell me if I'm wrong. This dude's got it going on, right? Brian, you first. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it's exciting uh, for me to just be a part of it and be here because I've been listening to his music for a very long time. So to, to see it in person, you, you don't want to be that guy fangirling. And uh, I'm not going to ask him to sign my t-shirt or nothing, but sure, it, was, it was exciting to be here. I agree 100%. Rob, you impressed no, me. No, he's already signed mine, but that's beside the point. <laughs> no, it, it's fantastic, man. And uh, what I've found hanging out with him the last few days is the man's got soul and the talent is unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Cody, thank you for being here. Welcome. How are you? I'm good, man. You, you loving it here? Yeah. It's been amazing. Camaraderie. You know, at the end of the day, sometimes that's, usually for me, that's what the hunt's about, I think. You know, you look for everybody who loves them. It's about the memories more than anything else. Spending time with people and stuff like that. So out of everything that you experienced here besides the hunts, would it be the goose spaghetti and eggs? Yeah. That, <laughs> so, yeah, the first morning. Chad cooked us uh, left goose spaghetti. You know, was it good? Yeah, goose spaghetti and eggs. Yeah. So that was uh, eggs over pasta. Yeah, over good. With goose meat. In. We got our carbs in. We grinded that meat right in Russ's kitchen. We put the grinder out there. It looked like Texas Chainsaw Massacre going off in that kitchen in there. There was freaking meat everywhere. And we had Dan Henderson in camp from the UFC. We had Chase Rice, country music guy. Um, just an unbelievable cast of characters. I have my brother Clay in here. We have Les, who's down a little bit right now. Um, we've mentioned Russ, and we have Corey here, and we have Eli, we got the Cajun boys. Like, just, I think hunting camp, I've been asked, like, you know, you travel. Where's your favorite place to travel? And, you know, you've been to Europe, or you've been to South America, you've been north of the border to our friends in Canada. I just don't think there's anywhere in the world like hunting or fishing camp, USA. Yeah, you really get to just kind of kick back and unwind. Seriously, just hang out. Maybe not as much for you. You still got to work a little bit. But I, I love Trey. Trey does all the work here. Trey and Blue. Like, I mean, it's kind of easy. Like, you got to admit, that was kind of like a gentleman's hunt the last two days. Yeah. I mean, it was, It was the weather was so unpredictable. And us three showed up at the same time. Did you notice that? Yeah. And the ducks came. And the ducks came. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to point that out, but that's a fact. And what's yeah. crazy is that... <laughs> What's crazy is that we could stay here another 10 days from right now and do that every day on Ducks and Geese. Like, they're, yeah. we're here at the right time. Like, Trey's informed me. Like, hey, we got them here. We got them there. They got several uh, locations and hunts tomorrow. There were thousands landing around us while we were picking Yeah, you can go hunt there again, probably. I mean, it's, <laughs> Oklahoma's unbelievable. Yeah. But it's not about, it's like, you know, what Flatline does, it's really cool because it's not about the, 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 high society stakes in my opinion because a lot of hunting camps that that i've been into there's almost like a, a wool being pulled over your eyes sometime because the hunting might not be there these guys are low-key and they just do the work all of the work that they do is in the off season 
They're building this network. They're making sure that they, they're taking care of their people, their guides, their decoy rigs, all their equipment. It's ready to go, right? And now it's just, they go and they put their skill set to work as far as finding the hunt like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure a monkey could have killed those mallards. In the lab. I mean, we didn't do anything special to kill those mallards. Those guys at Flatline, that they they really did all the work. They're right in our face. I mean, they, they, they finished right on top of us, but it's because of all the work that came before that hunt. You don't have to be the most talented hunter or the most talented person in the world to kill a duck. It's brains that big. I mean, they will make us look stupid a lot of the times, but that's just because they control us. I mean, they literally control every move we make a lot of times as duck hunters. And Oklahoma is, is such a hidden place, you know I mean? People don't think of Oklahoma as being a waterfowl spot, you know, but it's more and more every year. What is Oklahoma day. known for? You know, like Texas, you got the Cowboys. Texas, you got the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, maybe. You got barbecue. Yeah. You got the Austin City Limits. You got Willie Nelson. You got George Strait. Oklahoma's got Garth Brooks. They got Toby Keith. They got Blake Shelton. Did you just say Garth Brooks sucks? I thought I said Reba McIntyre. But what is Oklahoma known for? Oil? Casinos. No, I was here by the casinos up here. Casinos are less Las Vegas, bro. Okay. So I never heard anybody <laughs> What are they known for? This is what's hard. This is what I hear about whenever I'm, I'm talking to people. So Oklahoma is known for a casino. What is it known for? The Red River? I was going to go with Native Americans and all, all yeah. the tradition and everything that goes on with that. I think mm -hmm. that's really what you look at. And pretty good football. Not SEC football, but pretty good college, football. College wrestling. College wrestling. John Smith. Barry Sanders played in Oklahoma State, probably the greatest running back in the history of the game. Probably. So they might be known for some athletics. Are they known for any cuisine? There's different places in the country where you go to get. I don't know, man. They sure are eyeballing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been the best cuisine I've eaten forever. Last two days. Russ is over there cleaning the gun. He's like, all right, keep talking shit. Well, <laughs> keep talking shit. <laughs> he missed me with that beer bottle through, but it's okay. <laughs> But I, I I don't know a lot of what Oklahoma. Hey Russ, what is Oklahoma known for? Well, I think you touched on all of it. Famous tornadoes. Tornadoes. Yeah, that one's up there. Tornadoes. But dude, it's all here. The turkey hunt. We, had some, white... we seen some tornadoes last two days. Yeah, there's mallard tornadoes. Yeah. Vortex. Yeah. There's great turkey hunting here in the past. There's great white-tailed deer hunting here. I think there's some good pig hunting. There's great striper fishing, trout fishing, bass fishing. We looked uh, or crappie about fishing. That. Second group of mallards that of probably 100 to 150 that landed right in our face. And that's when uh, Rob leaned over to me and he's like, This is what you call being on the X. Yeah, <laughs> we were on it. You look at you look across that field and you would see, man, uh, there was a Texas musician named Pat Green that had a song called Wave on Wave. I don't know why I just thought of that, but it was like Wave on Wave. It was yeah. just like as far as the eye could see, you could see mallard ducks coming at you, right? It was just like, man. And the thing about him is like- It was like a mix between that and Thunderstruck. Ooh, boy, he's easy. You turn it up, wave on wave, you kind of turn down. But I, I'm with you. Oh, okay. Um, but awesome. I think it's really cool though, when you spot those ducks, I don't know how many miles that lake is. Trey, how many miles is that lake from where we're hunting? Um, four. Four miles, you're seeing those ducks come from. Yeah. That's how many there are to be able to spot them from that far away. They could go in any direction. And you're literally sitting in the spot where they're leaving that lake going, I'm going to go over there. And then they come yeah. over there and they see the mojo. They hear the call. They see the decoys. It was so neat, too, like seeing them, 
you could see them probably when they weren't too far off of the lake. You know, just a black cloud over there looked like um, like blackbirds, you know. Starlings uh, or in Arkansas mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> and it would take, I mean, we would see them coming and it would maybe take five minutes or something to get there. Yeah. It would take a while. But you could see them for that far off. I'm like, oh, here we go. In a couple of minutes, it's about to go down. Well, you, you grew up hunting, Cody. You're, you're, you have that in your blood. When you get a hunt like that, like I know you're busy. You have a busy lifestyle, but... I, I asked Brett Cobb, a mutual friend of ours, this question. Um, I said, you just did it, man. You went out, you saw ducks in your face, widgets and sprig and mallards, and you shot ducks, and you saw the dog, you saw Axel do the work and do his job. And I'm like, are you hooked? Are you going to go buy all this gear? Are you ready to get it? And Brett looks at me and goes, no, nah, not really. I'm good. <laughs> he goes, I have it. He goes, I'll come with you again. I'll just go home, drink a cold beer, and yeah. catch a crappie. It's like... Does it catch you more than that though? Because like ducks eat me up. I already do it all the time. But it's as much as I can. But you, it's part of you who you are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny how the bug gets some people and and other people are just like, ah, just do it every once in a while. Just like you know, when it comes to hunting and fishing stuff, for me, it's just something. It's like breathing. You know, it's just natural. It's just something I did, you know, at a young age, and so it would be odd not to do that stuff. So it's not even. I don't. I don't even know how to explain it other than. It's just like drinking water and breathing, you know, it's just like, yeah, I'm going hunting this fall. I'm going to fish the rest of the time. It's just part of my life, you know. I don't really have a lot of other hobby, hobbies outside of that. So when you have a song like Something You Don't Understand and your lyrics on this song, is this real life? How You know, like you watch a movie in Hollywood and you're like, ah, that's kind of how it was. You know, if you like talk to Tough Edeman about eight seconds, he's like, that's not exactly how it was. They Hollywooded it out, right? To the point to where he almost wanted to stop some of the script because he didn't right. like is that when you when you listen to your lyrics on a song like that about the 243 and coming you know being passed down from generation is that how it really was or do you have to get creative yeah. and make shit up i think you have to do both um you know you gotta make it rhyme and make it make sense <laughs> sometimes and stuff like that but no yeah that song's pretty you know, you know straight to the point it's kind of how we grew up and a lot of that stuff is just as true as it comes uh, it just depends on the song, you know. You're still taking stuff, you know, from your life and things you see and feel, and you're painting a picture. So it just kind of really depends on the song and what it's calling for. I'm going to go to Brian next, but I have one more question along this. When you say it's something you probably won't understand or don't understand, a lot of people don't. Rob, they don't get it. Like they want, you know, we had, we had the, we've had conversations before about vegan or anti's or whatever it is. I don't care what you do. But I'm not out protesting against people being a vegetarian or a vegan. I'm not out yeah, protesting. You know, I'm not out doing it. Do you? Yeah. But just understand to vote with science, backup, scientific data instead of your emotions. Well, oh, you killed Bambi. We're gonna cry. You know, we're yeah, out they watched a Disney movie. Yeah. Vote with your vote with your scientific backed up data, right? So when you when you hear that lyric, that's something you don't understand. That hits home to a lot of outdoorsmen because it seems like we're always try we needing to defend ourselves or at least tell people why we're doing this or that it's okay that we do this. And in reality, we shouldn't even have to. Like, you, nobody's going to get it. If you don't get it, you're not. I think it's very cool that we can mentor somebody and take them out for a hunt or a fishing trip and hopefully get them hooked. But when I hear those lyrics, it's almost like you're speaking to the general population that really don't understand what being in the woods or on the water is all about. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I think about that. So it's just the new society where everybody's apologizing for doing something that's right. You know, I don't have to apologize for going hunting. 
you know, I had I, we had people come in. I had one time I killed a, a gator, not once. And um, but anyway, I put this gator on there and had some people come in and start just hammering on this gate. You know, why would you do that? Uh, we had one found in South Carolina, some some guys that a week after I left, and uh, they pulled the gator and skinned it out to eat it and everything, do that, cut guts, and five dog tags come out of it. Well, you know, I kind of like my dog better than I did the gator, but it's just, it's a form of life. And uh, I'm not apologizing for none of it, and I don't think any of us should. Well, good transition in the gator. Um, yeah. Killed you, one of us once. But you do hunt a lot what of gators. What about the well, the coolers are neat, but the gator, the gator is what I'm interested in right now because we, we talked about one of our sponsors tonight, Cajun Boy Catering. We talked yesterday about doing a full gator this summer, mm -hmm. or, you know, when we kill one. When is gator season? October? No, it uh, starts the last Wednesday in August and runs through September. Typically, hurricane season can kind of mess that up. Have you eaten gator, Cody? Yes. Do you enjoy it? Um, yeah. I don't love it. But um, I mean, yeah, I'm not I, convinced on that. No, nah, yes, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's just to me, it's just kind of like chewy chicken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, but no, it's not something. I think they should change their name from Cajun Boy Catering to Chewy Chicken Catering. That's three C's. Now, I, you know, I've ate a lot of gators, and it's, it's pretty good. Now, have you only had it battered and deep fried? Probably, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, though. Now, have you had it other ways? Oh, yeah. I, gators like awesome. it. I do <laughs> like it. And if, you know, for any reason you need one earlier than August or September, just holler because we'll come up with you again. <laughs> but, uh, no, actually, it shouldn't be done in the Disneyland ponds. <laughs> uh, Little Rock Zoo really enjoys me to come in there once in a while. No, we, uh, we have some <laughs> sources. We'll just go with that. It's not illegal. Everybody thinks it's I'm never doing any more podcasts. Never without one. Never have any podcasts. No, you just. They're dog eaters. Let me call my homeboy. Well, you got to call me first. Yeah. I got to go through you. PA. PA. Personal assistant to Cody Cannon, Chad Bellinger. You're going to make $10. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, the gator, though, mm -hmm. real quick. Now, okay, he gets pissed. Come over here again, please, bud. He don't like me talking about cooking with him. He always so asks me how to cook. He's got to have a backup. Dude, I'm not the real guy. quick, you're, you a good backup. you're a Cajun. So yes, talk slow, first of all, real quick. Let me talk in this microphone. <laughs> Come down here real quick. What parts of the gator can you eat? I mean, you can eat everything. You can always eat anything. Okay, so is it mainly the tail, though? Mainly the tail. So what we like to do is, for Cajun Boy Catering, we did for Brian a couple times, we uh, stuffed the tail with boudin, pepper jack cheese, wrap it in bacon. It'll change your life. Skin on? No skin. No skin. Skin on. Now, do you eat the jaw, too? You can eat anything like that. The lower jaw is good. The right? legs are really good. That's some good meat, um, but most of the tail. The tail's the best part. So why would the tail be good? Aren't they always using it to swim as their rudder? But wouldn't that make it tough? It's not so taste. Not really. It's not the same concept as like. There's like four ribeyes inside it. Right, there's four fillets, two on the top, two on the bottom, or tender ones, really. Two on the top, two on the bottom. Did um, you bring any with you? Uh, no, unfortunately. Yeah. I could go for some of that. That's, what's your name? Dalton. That's Dalton from Cajun Boy Kid. He's going to be our, yeah. he's going to come in as color commentary yeah. once in a while. Yeah. Those four are surrounded by fat and pull them out, and like I said, it's just. I've had, I've had a gator a few times, and it's sometimes a really bad. 
But I think it's a if you get a piece, yeah, if you get a piece of that fat or something, it's it's not like a steak where you you like a little fat in there. It's like frog legs, you know. You get frog legs. You get bad frog legs. See, that's that that would be that's what I was about to say. It's like those are the two things. I I don't dislike it, but those are the two things that I'm like. Yeah. Okay. Do you like frog legs? Yeah. I bit into one one time the wrong way. I guess I bit a tendon in it. And pop me in the mouth. <laughs> I don't eat them no more, man. That was it. Really? I swear. I don't, I don't mind. You guys. I don't mind you know, frog. I, I don't mind frog legs. Love them. Mm-hmm. I love. But I love crawfish, and he don't even really like crawfish. I love crawfish. But no. they're a lot of work for a little bit of meat, but that meat is so good. It's yeah. so good. I wish. Yeah, it ain't that much work to get it down, you know. Well, you got enough money to pay somebody to take the meat I out of the system. Actually, yeah. 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 I'm taking crawfish meat out of. Cody's crawfish for him. He's buzzing in my mouth. There's some getting fan. <laughs> like grapes. Crawfish. Um, you, you, we both have a mutual friend, Drew Keith. Mm-hmm. You know Drew, oh, yeah. Honey Break. Um, he pisses me off a lot of the times by sending me videos of his boils. What goes into a legitimate crawfish boil? I know that there's corn on the cob. Is there artichokes? I like mushrooms. Mushrooms. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. artichokes, they say, soak that all up and get real spicy, mushrooms too. Mushrooms get real hot. Mushrooms get hot. Okay, there's corn on the cob mushrooms. Yeah. There's um, sausage. sausage, crawfish. Garlic. You can put a... Uh, Garlic. Little new potatoes. Oh, yeah, the little, the little potatoes. Tamales. Wait, a what? Tamale. Is that a pepper or that... No, like, like a, a deer tamale in corn yeah. husk. Really? Yeah, throw a sack in there. There you go. Yeah. In, into the boil? Kind of after. Whenever you're soaking it. Why are you looking at me? I'm full of shit. I'm just saying that shit. I've never seen that. I'm trying to picture And you're the one from what it is. So I know Mickey you're right. Brown, Mickey Brown's tamales is kind of a big thing. Everybody brings deer meat down there. Did uh, My daddy's had freezers full of them. But they, they come kind of wrapped in two or three to a little bundle in, an, in a sack of a bunch of bundles. And we just drop it in there. Drop it in the, the boil. The boil, yeah. And let them cook off, and then you mix them in with the crawfish right up on the table? So it's in a sack. It's not even breaking up and, and getting loose in the No, boil. but I'm saying you just throw them in with the rest of the crawfish to serve it? Mm-hmm. I'm with you, yeah. Now, and then you're taking it out of the corn husk and eating it, it soaks up all the flavors good. What exactly is voodoo? Do you know, Cody, without him explaining it? Or is this another cooking question? How good is rice? <laughs> Hey, we're going to do a podcast with Brian. Let's drum up all the cooking questions. <laughs> Wait, we're, bring, we're bringing the Cajun boy catering team back over here. We got, we got a Cajun on here that don't know his ass about Cajun food. I eat the Cajun food. <laughs> what is food the uh, Short and sweet, a sausage with rice, pork, and liver. And liver. There's liver and boudin? Liver. Typically. What did you say? Was hog guts? Hog guts and rice. That's the best way to describe it. So, <laughs> so you take you take a casing and you stuff it with rice, hog liver, and sausage, or crawfish or seafood, whatever your choice whatever is. Whatever your choice is. And then is is it edible right then or do you cook it first? Yeah, I cook it. You cook it first. And then do you do you squeeze it out of the casing onto a cracker, or can you eat the casing? Do you do both? My favorite, all-time favorite way, straight out the casing, steams cane syrup. 
Wait, you, you squeeze it, you eat it with the casing. And eat it with the casing, drizzle some Steens cane syrup on top. Steens? Steens cane syrup. S-T-E-I-N-S? Two E's. S-T-E-E-N-S. Steens cane syrup. I'm getting some of that. Will you shoot me some, Ron? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my ass from syrup, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you self-admittingly don't know a lot about Cajun food. You every just, time. Every that's time. Why we got the you Cajun show, you showed me a bunch of videos yesterday. Yeah, look, you can't give up all your secrets on oh, the first date. Oh, you do? You have been cooking. Yeah. You can't yeah. give up all your secrets on the first date because then they ask you them every freaking podcast. It's nothing but cooking questions. <laughs> so if I answer them, it'd get worse, I think. Okay, let's talk about that gumbo tonight real quick. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Yes. <laughs> it was great, and I appreciate the effort. I'm just asking if you know this, because I yeah, don't. Go ahead. What is gumbo meat? Because... <laughs> and not the mud. I'm being for real. Does anybody like know what the historic term of gumbo... Is it a musical term? I want to know that. Because it seems to me like back in the days of blues and jazz in New Orleans... That, that that word could have been used. Yeah, gumbo is a musical term. Like, yukanuba is a musical term. I think he just made shit up. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying right now. Okay, I'm just trying to get Brian to talk about it. Is gumbo... Are you, you going to tell us what gumbo is? I mean, I don't, I've never heard of it talked about like that. Well, come over here and tell us what gumbo is. Do you know what it is? Do you know why it's called gumbo? Waiter gumbo? Waiter chili. Oh. <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> That's too much gumbo. <laughs> Go ahead. This is Dalton. Dalton, right? Yes, sir. Did you rename Dr. Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse that used to whip all them dudes out? Mm -hmm. I wish, but I'm not here for that. Okay, gumbo. Go ahead. What is it? Um, I mean, what are you? What are you, you were talking like theology about it just now? Yeah, like 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 noodles are named a certain thing, like spaghetti. Manicotti is named after the actual pasta. I mean, gumbo is not a soup. Let's get that. Straight. Well, what is, it looks like a soup. Thing. It looks like it, but people put like corn in it or something, and it's that's not a soup. It's a root, and it's just its own thing. Like you can't, you can't give it a a definition. You really can't. It's, do, you, do you want to know what it is? It's like something else. I don't know. You can't. Let me Google it. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, I just I just kind of want to know what the actual definition is. It is a West African word that means. Okra, the West Africans use okra as a thickener in their version of the dish. I didn't know that. But and, and they play bongos on it. So right. it has it's a musical also, it's, also, it's also a language that people in Louisiana speak. So okra is another thing that's a Cajun meal. Fried okra. Oh, yeah. Y'all are stolen. All you're going to say is from Africa. You know how okra got here. I can tell you how okra got here. I learned that. Come and tell us. So, gravy. when the slaves came over to America, they put, they weave the okra seeds into their braids, and that's how okra got here in Louisiana. Look it up. That's fact. So they come over here, and they had when they came on when the slaves came on the boats to the Americas. They, I mean, they didn't have anything. They just got thrown on the boats, and they weave the seeds into their hair. And that's, and that's how. It, that's and then how they would plant a seed over here and start growing over here. And that's how okra got here. Look it up. Did you learn that culinary school? I did, actually. John Falls Culinary Institute, Thibodeau, Louisiana. See that? Qualified. I like that. Educated. See, I just like to learn, like, piece gumbo doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. It's a word that you hear, and it's like, what is that? 
Where's Gumbo? Now I know. It's over. It's, it's over. over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got you got ready to fry gumbo back there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I had a, one more food question. We we touched on it a little bit in the car tonight. Jeez, nice. We've been eating some stuff off of that Traeger. You're a Traeger fan, Cody. But you come from the land of barbecue. There's regions of barbecue in this country. You got Memphis, you got Kansas City, you got Carolina, and you got Texas, really, right? Those are like the four big time barbecue capitals of our country, if you ask me. I might be wrong on that, I might be missing a few. But Texas barbecue, yeah, you named off a couple today. Is Texas barbecue known for a certain kind of meat? Like, are you? Is it mainly brisket? Yeah, they're gonna be like, I think yeah, definitely Texas barbecue is gonna be very beef heavy. Like, you know, obviously you can get pork ribs anywhere and stuff like that, and quail and stuff like that too. But probably just if you're talking about generically, I would say brisket, just beef, you know, beef ribs stuff. Do you, the, the term Texas pride, like everything's bigger in Texas. Right. Um, we drank Chuck Norris water today. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris was the Texas Ranger. So, I mean, I'm going somewhere. Also, he's also the sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know. Chuck Norris sponsors everything. Um, but how prideful are you being from that state? Um, Does it even matter to you, or do you get, do you get too fired up about that? I'm probably not any more prideful than anybody else. Is. Like to be from Arkansas, Louisiana, or something like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm happy to be from Texas, and I'm proud of where I grew up. You know, in the town, and being from a small town in East Texas, and all that. But I'm not like running around with like Texas flag underwear on. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not like that. Probably about in life in general so I'm probably not one of those people you've been on a bus you've been on the bus since you were 22 23 no we probably got on a bus when I was probably around 25-ish mid-20s but we, we were touring when uh, we were 20 and 21 but you were leaving Texas when you are 20 21 yeah, yeah, yeah have you ever gotten to a place and you're like damn I'm moving I'm leaving Texas to move here where I live at what where do I live at Texas. Man, I live back at home, man. I'm from the country. We don't leave. No, but what we I'm saying, we always come back. We always come back to our same exact town. So um, you you don't get to Montana and be like, man, this is God's country. I'm coming up here. There's some places I've been that I'd like to have a house in one day, but uh, but Texas will always be home. Yeah, just and and not just Texas in general, but where I'm from. You know, I live right outside of where I'm born, grew up. So that's just me. Do you feel the same way about Arkansas? I love it. Yeah. I thought you were going to ask me a cooking question and, you know, the food we have is like squirrels, biscuits, and gravy. I love squirrels. There you go. I mean, I thought we were going to do that. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. I've had good squirrel Louisiana honey break. Mm -hmm. Shelly's got a, Miss Shelly Cross has oh, got a, Miss Shelly's all the provider cookbook. I'm squirrel hunting when I get home. Are you really? Yeah. Do you use a 410 or a 22? I'm probably going to use a 410. 410. That's all they're good for. Really? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say. That's what a 410 is for. And yes, and people, you know, that, that's another hunting thing that people don't do anymore. And it is so awesome to go score one. And they're, you know, we're in a different culture. Like, you really eat those? They're awesome. They're great. I'll, here's how I do Squirrels, biscuits, and gravy is really, really but good. But do you agree that it's like almost like crawfish a little bit? Not the taste, but it's a lot of work for a little bitty morsel of meat that's so good. But there's so many bones in a squirrel that are hard to get away from, unless it's deboned, right? Which 
it's almost impossible to debone a squirrel. That's a lot yeah. of work in itself. But a squirrel's a lot of work to eat. What part of the squirrel do you eat? Do you eat the brain? Do you eat the... Nah, do you that's, eat the that's, that's before my generation. I can't do no, that. No, I know a lot of guys that do. I know a lot of guys that do too, especially in Mississippi. I've been in many deer camps and duck camps, that they, mainly duck camps, that, but they're held at deer camps that eat a lot of squirrel brain. I was like, mm. When you eat a... Uh, I don't know if this happens to you, Rob, but when you eat a bunch of squirrels, you have dreams about climbing trees. <laughs> yeah, I find myself doing that. Yeah, yeah every time. Is, it, is this for real? Yeah. No, no my legs start kicking a little bit, man. It's strange. Really, I don't. I'm just, just agreeing with you. I do. <laughs> I, I do. I've done that on Gator. You find yourself laying up on the bank. Do you get critical of other music? Um, do you listen to somebody else and be like open-minded about what you're hearing because you don't co-write a lot. You don't collaborate a ton. Do you like really like just shut off to other music or do you, uh, for example, Corey's sitting right over here. You listen to Corey play some tunes the other night. Yeah. Singer, songwriter, he's from Texas. He's from Tyler, Texas, or no, Odessa, Texas, living in Nashville now. When you hear somebody sing like that, which I, 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 I believe in him, he's got some talent in my opinion, but you as an individual, with the success you've had, do you look at somebody and be like, oh yeah, I'm into that, that's groovy? Or do you just kind of be like, ah, man, I ain't got time to listen to freaking music anymore. My whole life's been full of this shit. Um, no, I'm down, especially if it's live, I'm down to dig it and sitting around. We had a great time. We were all just sitting around with songs popping up and out with Chase and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm down and open-minded. I, just like, in, but like in my truck and stuff like that, I don't listen to music, which is, I guess, are you listening uh, to the Foul Life podcast or This Life Ain't For Everybody? Uh, mostly. That, that's all really what I listen to. But now I'm always open and down, man. If anybody's playing music, that's great. But I don't I don't go out of my way to listen to a bunch of music. Um, just because I, at least these days, it's because I, yeah, I hear I've heard so much of it, you know, on the road and been playing it all the time. So I would, I would listen to a podcast if I was driving around before I'm like jamming a song really loud on the radio. But I guess like live sitting around the fire and stuff like that's completely different because I don't get to do that uh, very much anymore. So that's like, yeah, I'm excited to be part of that. And do you, do you do you hear something to where, like if you hear a song, whether it was Chase or whether it was Corey um, singing it the other night, do you hear a song and be like, Man, why didn't I think of that? Like, how I'm, I'm going back to songwriting now because you've written some freaking amazing songs. Like, you played this song the other night called "The Wolf." All, <laughs> all of us are fired up about the wolf, right? Like, that's gonna be that's like the, one of the coolest songs I've heard in a long time. Um, I can't even explain how good that song was. Like, oh, it's awesome. Like, like, but do you hear? Do you ever hear somebody's song and be like, "Damn, I should have thought of that." Because, like, when I hear yeah, you I sing "The Wolf," I'm like. I've always talked about, yeah, you know, playing to eat. Anytime I ever listen to Brent Cobb or Chris Knight, I'm like, damn. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Wow, <laughs> nice freaking no, drop right there. Uh, Those two are the best. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I guess I haven't put much thought into that. I'll, I'll get with my assistant, and then I'll get back. Who's she? <laughs> Who's she? She's ugly. She got the beard. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling me ugly? That's some bullshit. Kept claiming your ducks today. I know. I shot pretty good today. No, I, I, I wanted to that's another Nobody thing. wanted to claim Rob's. That's, <laughs> no, shit, that's, no. that's probably why I was doing it. 
Listen, I, I wouldn't it. put those in the bag limit if they didn't want you to shoot them. And they banned them, and they tasted them. <laughs> um, I want to transition into that real quick about the actual hunt. Um, we talked about Trey, we talked about Blue, we talked about the work that it goes into, but then on the other side of it, you have to rely on your equipment and your gear. I always talk about what our shooting system, the high-vis sight, the Benelli shotgun, the Federal Black Cloud ammo, and the Rob Roberts custom work that he does on it, from the choke tubes to the forcing cones. Um, I don't want to get too geeked out because you are a gun nerd, but I, somebody asked me the other day before you got to camp, Rob, about the forcing cones and the manipulation of what they do to the to the wad or the flight of that the, the BDs going from the muzzle, out of the muzzle, through the choke tube, and then out into the atmosphere to kill the target. What is that exactly is your team doing to that barrel? And what, you know, when you start to talk about the forcing cones, tell me exactly what they are and what you're doing to them to make that, that, that shot pattern that much denser and stronger. Well, you know, it's, it's probably one of the most important things that you do. It, it's actually taking, um, you okay? Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, by, by length and polishing these out, you're taking distortion out. You know, in, in uh, the European market and everything, they still use different wad types, you know, cardboard and paper and different types, you know, wads, where here we really don't. You know, everything here in the U.S., is we're, we're shooting them you know, plastic wads and stuff like that. So by taking them out, that's just taking some of the distortion out. You don't need them in there. A lot of the companies, you know, uh, are making them without it. Your European guns still are going to have them because of that <coughs> market over there. But um, it what it amounts to, it's just like a, a funnel, if you would. So when you go boom, everything goes through that funnel that was supposed to form your shot, but in reality, it's distorting out of it. And so uh, I'm showing you, like you can see that on the podcast. And, um, but um, it's taking back pressure off your shoulder. So you got let, you know, felt recoil difference. And then uh, it's putting all the strays basically from the distortion comes back into the pattern. Let's just choke to take over. And that's what we really spent our time. And we, we've got some new stuff coming in the future where we can't get too overboard about it right now, but all the tests we've been testing for several months now, we, we've got some new stuff coming that's going to add to it. That's, it's going to be phenomenal. And um, uh, like I said, taking the forcing cones out for one thing allows your barrel to take over <coughs> before you're done and then lets you Why are they in there then? Why are they in there? Because of the European type. I mean, you know, like I said, there's. Uh, oh, because of this. Yeah, it's not all about the US. But uh, it's because of the design of the shells and, and the old days and the proof house. And we, we appreciate them all leaving them in there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> do a lot of them, but uh, yeah, we we wish all of them would leave them in there, and you know, if you're listening, leave them in there. But um, no, that that is one thing that I mean, it's just proof, and we can we can prove it to you every time. I mean, we can go show you befores and after on pretty much any one we we run into. So when you start talking about the flight of the BBs that are coming from our blind out into that wad of ducks. Why don't more ducks fall when they're so tight together and you're like picking them because out? Because you're not hitting them. No, I mean, that, but that's... That, but that's but, a good question in my opinion because it's like you're spraying out there, but people are like, man, how could you not hit a duck? you got all these BBs and they're, and they're in this pattern. But man, we miss a lot of shots and stuff. Yeah. So why are we not 
just being like, dude, we can't miss with all of this technology and the flight and everything. I know that your shooting system is second to none, but why do we miss? Well, I mean, it, it, probably the biggest reason people miss, if you've got six, ten people, whatever the case may be, in a big blind, take them. And what do most people do? They start shooting before they even get the gun up there. It's just like it's a race to get on it. And if everybody pull up and go, boom, boom. You know, like you see a lot of times you get in a blind and there's like, okay, you two guys are going to shoot this or these three. They just hammer them. But I think we get in too big a race. And then, like I said, there's a lot of times we we pull up just like when you go to Vortex. Like what we've been seeing for two days and you've got three or four hundred ducks in your face and you pull up and it's like take them well at that point it's like look you know they're everywhere which one do you shoot at and then uh usually take bad shots when they're going away or something like that's what happens but uh no if you're on your shot and, and you're got them in range you're going to kill them and, and with the technology that people are putting into these ammo premium ammo then uh you know they should be died do you feel like you're shooting well with his system since you've gotten his gun i feel like if i'm like sitting between you and him i can't sense you. <laughs> 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 i do no i, I do feel like so you shoot better in groups yeah I, I i feel like it's better for sure i mean uh, oh, i'm blowing up with that shotgun probably two or three times at home and then out here um the other thing with the groups is too is a uh, Man, you'll go up and well, I'll always shoot that same bird. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like every time. Time. Bird. Yeah. Every time. as soon as you go to shoot and then right before you pull the trigger, that bird falls. You know? How is that? Everybody sees that pretty one right at the front. Just flows right up yeah. in there. That big hen that comes right in there, baby. <laughs> everybody <laughs> everybody wants the hen. Just feel bitter. <laughs> Did you guys get a weird feeling, Brian? You specifically. Louisiana's known for some duck hunting. I mean, the home of duck manor. They're the home of no, the Hayes they're, they're the home of some very, very prominent duck hunters and duck calling champions. But you were able to look up into God's creation today with that blue sky and yesterday. Mm -hmm. When they're cupped up and they do what we say check up and they start to what we call sail, you know, they really start to parachute out of the air. Like, it's amazing the acrobatics of the duck. Now, I always talk about <clears throat> the bugle of an elk white-tailed deer hunting, the all everything that goes into it. Do you, you, you hunt a lot of gators, you kill pigs. There's something different about that many animals doing what they're doing in synchronization. Like they're cutting this way and then this one cuts in front of these and they all follow and then they, <clears throat> they're doing so many different things Then when it's time to cup up, they all cup up. Exactly. Then when it's time to sell, they all sell. Then when it's all, remember that rock and roll song, Sail? That, that song's badass. It's bad duck hunting. It's bad duck hunting. We got we to get the rights there. But then they put their feet down, they all put their feet down. Yeah. Like, think about the choreography that goes into this shit when there's 400 of them. Yeah. Have you ever thought of and that? They're not flying into each other. You know the Blue Angels? Yeah. yeah, you know the Blue Angels? They're not flying into each other, too. They're just choreography's perfect. Synchronized swimmers, they're not kicking each other in the shins. They don't win a medal. These ducks are 400 at a time, like making it look like it's been. Paula Abdul choreography for freaking three months before they go out on stage. That's amazing. That's you, amazing to me, the power of ducks. Did you notice how when they would be like, okay, this is the past. Get ready, get ready, get ready. You hear that? And about Who was time, saying get ready? 
You did, like, <laughs> before we even seen the duck. And, and here they was. They would come in, and they'd be, like, all right here. And all of a sudden, you'd see four or five come out, and it was like 3D hitting you in the face. 3D, yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like, boom, one hit you in the face, you know. Awesome. Oh, snow geese are famous for that, you know. Snow geese will mess with your head big time. When you get on a really good snow goose grind, they'll, you'll be watching the back geese, and then all of a sudden, you almost got to shake yourself and whoa shit like they're like right there they're like coming right at you like right in your face and it's like how did that just happen because they mesmerize you yeah. they get you in this trance that's this uh what's that called when you get uh oh, trance not, yeah you get in a trance you're just hypnotized. like you're just, yeah, you're hypnotized you're just like oh my gosh and then all of a sudden it's like and that's why i think i don't call the shot as well like clay's like you called that shot too early and i'm like holy shit i can't do anything right every other time i don't call it enough i call it too yeah. late you know what I'm saying? I called one on you too late yesterday. I said, take him, and you got up, and that was behind the mojo. And it was already behind the mojo. Yeah. Yeah. Don't shoot that mojo. Yeah. That's another good point, Rob. You, you, you've hunted ducks think, a lot. I think that was different for me on this hunt. Is with, instead of like yelling, like, cut them or take them or something like that, and he got really excited, he would always stand up and yell, freedom. Yeah, yeah. You went Braveheart. Completely, you went Braveheart on them. Did what? Coming in, Chad, but stand up and yell freedom. Yeah, there's a Braveheart. It was really neat. He had an accent. Yeah, freedom. You know, like that. When he stood up and yelled freedom, that's when you knew it was on. I think that when you, I never seen anybody do that before. Here's what I always think about, and I think I like Mel Gibson, even though he came under some hardship. Not as much as Alec Baldwin, if you know where I'm going with this. Well, <laughs> well we can't talk about He didn't pull the trigger either. <laughs> I did that once today because it was a hand, so I didn't pull the trigger. This is what I like to think about. You're a nostalgia kind of guy. You write songs. What about the drive from here to there? We're going 100 miles. It's about 100 miles. Two-hour drive. We have no idea what we're in store for. You're an athlete on a bus. You know the pattern you're going to run. You know... That you don't know the outcome. You don't know if somebody's going to intercept you. You don't know if somebody's going to hit a home run the ball tonight. Start to visualize the art of visualization. Do you do that in hunting? Because I do it a lot. Yeah. You probably do it in a show. Like, do you do it like when you're in your huddle before the show? Or are you visualizing the crowd and what you're doing? You don't do that at all. You just go up there in your instinctual. Yeah. See, in hunting, I start to visualize. Well, yeah, Trey, Trey said it's going to be a south wind. It's going to be sunny. Yeah. Trey said it's going to be cold. Trey says we're going to be on a weed line or a fence row. So I'm visualizing what we're doing. I know what decoys we're bringing. We got five dozen of these. We got four dozen of these. We got a couple of mojos. I start to visualize what's going to happen. Yeah. You do it? I think there's way more variables in fishing or hunting than going out and playing the show. You definitely kind of know what to expect when you're talking about these going out on the water and are we getting fish today? Is the wind blowing from the south? What time of year is it? I mean, there's a bunch of variables. You know, with ducks or deer, which way they're coming from, which way the wind's blowing. And so you don't probably have to visualize it way more than like, you know, that show. If you're at a show, somebody's locking up up, start, let's go random. Yeah. Off and and ruin your train of thought in the middle of the song. Off beat, man. Off beat. Yeah, every time it's off beat. On, on, but on the other hand, on that car, on that on that drive, Brian, you're driving with us over there. We we're so lucky to know that we have the opportunity to see that. You don't know if it's going to happen, but then you're there, and you're like putting out the decoys, and you're getting all of your gear put into the blind. We still don't know. Yeah. We still don't freaking know if we're going to be blessed with that. Oh yeah. You go turkey hunt in the woods. 
You don't know if you're going to either get a gobble or a kick by the ass. Like, you don't know in hunting. You just don't know. That's what's so awesome about this is that we could have went over there today and struck out. But we got to go over there and it was like, man, look at this shit. We didn't have our wind. We, we got our wind wrong. Yeah. We didn't. We just, it didn't come up like it was supposed to. And we still got to see the power and the majesty, I call it, of those ducks. But that drive there is so important to me because you're like, well, that's just another day in Oklahoma. Bullshit. Dude, we just, look at what we just did. You hit the same spot twice on the way over there. It's like, I smell ducks. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know when you went around the corner. Well, yesterday it was, uh, who sang Manic Monday? It's just Monday. another Manic Monday. Monday. <laughs> there's a, there's yeah. a, well, Clay, will you Google Manic Monday, please? 80s rock song from a female, if you don't mind. Uh, Manic Monday, but that, we didn't come up with a Tuesday one. It's just another, now the Taco Tuesday. There's now, Taco Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Taco Tuesday. No, you can't do it in the same format as. As not demanding money, but there was a song about money. But I do like I, I get in this zone where when I get close, I'm like, I can smell them. Mm-hmm. I can smell them. Like you know, you do that. Like when you get to where elk country and you smell that place, uh, yeah, That's you know, and you get the deer yeah. country, and you're like, oh shit, they yeah, been yeah. here, right? Yeah. Pigs, dude. You get hog country, you're like, oh man. When you get my age, it's your guts that tell you they start kind of going over and over, and you're kind of like the beagle out of them. Dog box when you get like that's what kind of hits you right before you. Oh, it's it's on. It's I know you good. explained this. To yeah, you. yeah. I don't want to go in there. No, no, but it's like you just get so excited. It's like let me out the dog box. Gotta go find a rock. Did you get excited today? Yes. Yeah, big time. I was I was excited when when the possum got up, come in and got us. But we weren't gonna go there. Do you get tired where you're just like, man, does that give you that you found? If we do it, nothing to do. Nothing to do. What? The Bengals. Bengals. Remember, Walk Light and Egyptian. They did Manic Monday, Mallard Monday. So I'm just trying to educate you guys. This is a good point, though. This is a good point, Brian. We came back to gumbo tonight. Unbelievable gumbo. Mallard duck gumbo and doing sausage. But morale is a big thing in yeah, life. Sure. Yeah. How do you keep that morale up if you're in a slump? Oh, baseball. Wait, what is on doing sausage? Baseball players are considered all stars if they hit the ball three out of ten times for a base hit. Yeah. That's a lot of failure. You're yeah. failing seventy yeah. percent of the time, and hunting you fail a lot. Yeah. Probably, yeah. probably more than seventy percent. We fail a lot. Yeah. A lot, lot. How do you keep the morale up? I mean, that's a great question, Rob. Like, would we be so? Would we be doing this podcast if we didn't oh, just freaking yeah, bomb? Yeah, you know, I'm just excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a thrill, thrill to chase too, man. The other side to it is, is though, in reality, if you have a day like yesterday or a day like today, then you go 10, 20 more hunts where it's or the rain hits or it pours, but you love the sport, so you stay out there. You go through, you get to you get to play it, you know, hang with your buddies or your family or these little kids or whatever that, the case may be, it's still great, and then you live for that one good hunt. Yeah, it makes it better. So, like, 
If you went out every day and it was like this. Bored out of your mind. It, it would get old in about 25 30 years. Would, you would Let me ask you a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, it just kind of would be Let me ask you this. Special it's a great call right? because let me ask you this, Cody. Yeah. Did you feel different today than you did yesterday? In the same line, same field. Yeah. Same, yeah. It was a different feeling, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It was different. Off the chain. It was awesome, but it was yeah. a different feeling. Yeah. That's what's cool about it. If you did that every single time, it wouldn't even be special. He's like, ah, you're going to stay at the house today. You, every single thrill of the chase, you got to, you know. Okay, so, let, it, it's just so let, easily obtainable. Let's relate Everybody that. Everybody needs a challenge. Let's relate that to athletics. Do you think that that's why Tiger Woods gets in trouble? Because he's like, Jesus, I mean, how many because trophies can I win? Sex well, I know, but <laughs> but how? <laughs> he got the shit beat out of him with a putter or two line or something. But but where I'm going with this is like you get bored and you're like you're like man, I've been there, done that. How many times can they put the green jacket on me? I'm gonna go to Denny's and hit on the waitress. Um, you, you're a singer. How many awards can I win? Does it finally like this thing? How does Mick Jagger still do it at 80 years old and still rock his face off when you've been there, done that for so many times? What's what keeps you going? In hunting, you're like, dude, we just did this yesterday. These ducks are doing the same shit they did yesterday. Right. You've got to figure out different ways to entice yourself or enlighten yourself. How, how do you relate that? Like, do you still get the same thrill of being on stage right now as you did when you were 25? No. You don't? Mm-hmm. Are you over it? No. What's the difference? Well, it's just not, I think it's not the first time, right? I think when you're that young, everything's the first time you're so energized that and you become just the wheels of, you know, time. Just doing it, you know, over and over. Um, oh, I wouldn't say no, I'm over it, but, you know, you know, was it different today than it was yesterday? Same. Yeah. Same kind of analogy. Same thing. It was still amazing, but it was different. If you love the sport, it's kind of like a dog chasing cars. You're going to chase it till the car runs over you. I mean, you're just going to. You know, that's why I don't I'm going to chase that car. And there you go. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going. You're gone. I'm going. This why do you do Do you know what a matter drink looks like? <laughs> no, I've seen some of those. I've seen you guys shoot some of those. Oh, God. I shoot one hand, and I've listened to that. I mean, I've got feelings, and you guys have really been on me about that. Uh, well, you shot more than one, though. Well, you I, shot your I was being nice because it's on my podcast. <laughs> no. What about you, McGee? Do you are you over going into your shop? I know that you're an entrepreneur. You want to build the brand, but you did the same shit yesterday as you did today in the shop. Is it the different phone calls that keep you going? Every walk of life has its different endeavors, its different road. Your you know your speed bumps, your mm-hmm. your roadblocks, all of the things that go into becoming successful. You got to persevere and have tenacity and get through that, but. Like Rob was telling me on the ride home, he's 59, 6, 71 years old now. And it's like, <laughs> feels feels, he, he's at the top of his game. You know, he's a, a gun nerd. He's as good as it gets in the gun world. But how many more days does he want to drive into that office? I haven't asked him that, but it's like, you've been there, done that. How many choke tubes can you talk about? How many forcing cones can you be asked about? How many shot shows can you go to? I don't ever want to see Las Vegas again. It's like, <laughs> you know, how do you keep the morale up and, 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 and keep it positive? How do you do it, Brian? I just love it. I mean, every day is different, and uh, I look forward to it. I, I remember the day 
that uh, Mitch, my brother, texted our other brothers and I about it. I remember my response. I remember our conversation and the feeling of uh, just watching my kids grow up on my phone, living in a camper and trying to figure out what I was going to do to get out of that situation because my kids were getting school age. Um, I knew I wanted to stop traveling and the career that I built at the time just was, that was never going to happen. I was going to be on the road for my whole life and probably not even know who my kids are. I didn't want to do that. So I remember all of that. And then I remember all the way to the milestones we hit in every year. And it's exciting as hell to me. So, I mean, I get to work earlier every day and I stay until my wife, uh, Emily lets me stay or until she starts fussing, she needs some help. Um, I don't, I've never gotten to, you get overwhelmed sometimes, you know, stuff happens. And uh, when all of the bills hit at one time or when all of the three customers we pissed off for the week are howling on you at the same time, but uh, I, it never got to the point at all over the last five years or so where I was like, man, I'm tired of this shit. I just, I really, really enjoy it. And that's, that's why uh, it's really hard for me to get away and do stuff like this too, because I mean, even today in the blind, I'm taking phone calls and I'm, I'm calling guys at the shop and talking them through stuff. Seeing uh, the process of myself building stuff, like doing the boat, and just a concept of what me and you talk about to the finished product, and then being able to train other people to do it, and seeing that excitement from them too, whenever they take something that they didn't know anything about a month ago and now they're going to start to finish and making stuff that's literally getting shipped all over the country and, and people loving it I mean, that's a great feeling I don't, I don't see myself ever losing that at all so it's, it's going into the office every day it's always you know kind of repetitive but it's different so you hear his passion for what he does and you guys are kind of close to the same age how old are you 33 so he's a little just a tiny bit older than you you kind of are in a different phase of your career to where you're almost like, I don't need to go out and do that as much. I want to stay right here with my wife and my baby right here because you didn't, he had kids young. He was married young. You kind of built this career. You were the opposite. So now you're kind of, it's still a young man and not even 40 yet. And you're kind of like, Hey man, I'm ready to just be at the house. Well, so uh, I think that it's a balance for us that, We've been getting, uh, getting better at striking uh, in the last year or two because having kids and being married. So, um, so I think it's more of a balance for us. But, you know, he was talking about how he was excited to actually get to stay at home and see his kids grow up and stuff. So, we, we, you know, in our career, that's inevitable that we won't get to do that. So ours is to be, to find that balance in our career where we can do those things. Um, and But still, you know, work hard, but not, uh, maybe cut out some of the you're so disappointed when you're playing too many shows you know what I mean <clears throat> saturating your markets and, and stuff like that so that that was a big deal for us we still play I mean, if you look at our calendar we're still gone all the time um, and sold out now I don't say that in in, in general you wanted to do maybe uh, like like quality over quantity but you're still doing 100 shows a year 150 yeah I don't know if we do 150 anymore but yeah yeah, I'm sure we'll way above, you know, or pretty good above 100. And then you got travel days and stuff in there, too. So, you know, somebody might be listening, like, oh, just 100 days. Well, there's lots and lots and lots of travel days in there, man. Coming in and out, you're talking about lots and lots of days in the year. 
was it hard to get past those the small audiences and the did it happen fast for whiskey bars? I don't know, man. We've been doing this almost 16 years. So it's got to feel good to see those little red yeah. boxes you put around your tour dates that say sold out. And there's yeah. a lot of All of your shows Long are sold time. out. Yeah. All of your shows are sold out. What were you thinking, Rob, when you went to Little Rock to watch Cody? Like, you went in there and watched Cody and Jamie Johnson. Oh, Did they fantastic. blow your mind? Oh, yeah, because I'm a fan to start with. And then when you get in, you know, you're going to meet these guys and talk and go on. And then when you come out and... Uh, he just lit it up and to sit and watch the people, you know, and these are, you know, I'm from Arkansas, so I'm looking at all these and I, and I know people. <coughs> and people that, yeah. I, 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 you know, happy birthday, Uncle Dad, and all that kind of thing. But <laughs> no, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm, uh, we get a lot of ribbing and it's it's really a great state. But we, uh, we're sitting here and I'm watching these guys and people that I know and pretty soon you guys come out and he just lit it up right off. And uh, you see the expression and everything. Oh, they just all went nuts. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was a good night. It was vibrating. I, you could feel the energy. I don't think he sung half the song. When you could just feel the energy in the crowd. Yeah. And, the, and between that and the band, it was just you like could, vibration. A lot of times you couldn't yeah. hear him because they were singing his songs louder than he would. You know what I mean? They, just, they lit it up. They loved him. What an accomplishment, though, to have that. Oh, they did. No, there was one but, but the next night, the next night, he's he's in Tulsa, then he's in Oklahoma City, then he's in Billings, Montana. Oh, we sure wish our route was that good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like these people are singing your songs all over the country. That's got to be a cool ass feeling, man. It is, man. You know, that's you're it. You're kind of you're honored, you know. And you know that's that's why you write songs on for when people like them. And, uh, well, actually, no, that's not really why you know, You just kind of round up with more of expression and art. And then if people like them, then that's probably the bonus of it. Uh, do you think you got any inspiration in the last 72 hours for a song at all? Do you think like that? Or are you just so relaxed and off your, out of your head? Mm -mm. So no yeah. inspiration at all? So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it that way. I'm different than everybody else. I like to sit down with a blank slate, nothing, and just start playing. Just play a little bit, and and just then it just kind of just comes to us. It just it just happens. When it happens, it happens quick, and it, it doesn't really come. You know, and then that's just me. You know, everybody's process is different, and you know, I've, I've done it so long that if I go in with a like a preconceived idea, it usually just kind of it just doesn't turn out as good. Maybe I worked too hard on it, or, or I got in my way. You know, to where if it's just natural and flowing out there's like a there's uh you know those songs like that when i write them it's just nothing it's just kind of like almost vomiting on the paper or something for better life you know and then you look at it and you're like man there's no way in hell i wrote that you know that's so that, cool. that actually happens when you get out of your own way listen i could talk to you guys all night and i you know what'd be cool i don't know if this would ever be allowed i have to talk to myself <laughs> but i would like to do what i'd like to do one of these at a show one night after like when you're not when you're not with all the guys well yeah just the band because it's just like it's really cool for me to, cool. it's an honor for me to know you and Hunter yeah and I and I know that Trey and Blue and Rob and Brian and my brother and everybody here you know loves your music but I think it'd be cool to like just hear it from them and like how this, this all keeps happening because I keep telling people all the time I mean I don't know if there's a hotter band in the country like as far as I'm not trying to kiss your ass and say like, hey, you guys are the next Beatles because even though I think your music's better than the Beatles, they are awesome. I don't want to hear it. 
I love the shit. But you guys got something going on, bro. So congratulations and thank you for being here. Yeah, I think it's cool. You know, if you if you've seen it, you know, behind the scenes too, I think it's so special for us to see how it was built. You know, never having really an expectation, you know, like that. Just literally doing it because we didn't have a lot of options in life and we, and we like to play music. And we never like sometimes uh, these cats, you know, go out there like, man, one day I'm gonna be on TV and on the red carpet and stuff like that. And that's like the farthest thing, at least from my mind. You know, I'm not about that at all. It was just literally, and, and, and the rest of the guys for that matter. Um, man, it was about the music. And we did it, you know, independent. We always wanted to be ourselves. We we never wanted to sign a record deal. We never did sign a record deal. We always wanted to put out our own stuff, be our own people and do it our own way. You know, but, you know for better or worse, we didn't even really care about the consequences. I guess it's going to be but you and so that was kind of cool you know if you could see it from that perspective to see just you know how I guess it kind of worked out pretty good for us it's got to be mind blowing um, to look back on it's got to blow your mind but just to have like just like hey we're doing this on our own in our own way and if it works it works if it doesn't you know play playing music it freaking works then, then that's really beautiful it worked and then yeah. if the songs you played the last couple days Coming out of the new album, yeah. including Wolf. Dude, this is going to be an amazing album. This is going to be an amazing so, album. It's, it's, a uh, it's a different sounding record for us. But, it's gonna be good. you know, we, you know, we got horns on it and stuff, and I've always wanted to do a record like that that was different. You know, still obviously was admired in school, but we got to really have fun with it and do some, some fun stuff. It's, I can't it's wait. A, it's um, it's more of a fun record, more tempo for the most part. When can we expect it? Um, sometime in twenty twenty two. It's been it's been done. For, yes, absolutely. Sometime twenty twenty two. But you know how it is. Even like supply chain stuff, like we talked about, um, yeah. that even kind of goes over into our industry too. You get backed up like uh with vinyls and stuff like that, and then you got to get in line for that, and you have to have all your ducks in a row, and. Uh, you know, sometimes in ducks don't come in when, when you think. Unless you're a flatline, that's how we're going to yeah. end today's episode. <laughs> to, to be a part of what Whiskey yeah, yeah, what, what Myers is doing to me is badass. Mm-hmm. And what we've experienced in the last, I mean, I've been here for 10 or 11, I don't even know when I got here. Chase Rice, <laughs> you've been here for what, 35 days or some shit? But, um, <laughs> how do you explain it? I'm going to start with you, Rob. When you see Trey standing over there and you know the work that they put in, and they have vision too. <clears throat> they know we're coming. Sure. They knew you were coming. They shoot your stuff. They know he's coming. They listen to his music. They know he's coming. They bring, he blesses them with his badass gift, the coolers with their logo on it. Like everybody is has expectations, they have dreams, they have all these freaking desires, right? What would you say about flatline outfitters and what you experience? You've hunted Oklahoma for a long time. You've hunted with other outfitters. Yeah. What would you say about what you experience well, here? What you see is, you know, they really, to go this far out, I mean, like today, you go on one way So, I mean, they're patrolling a ton. They're doing scouting. They're they're back and forth. So it's not just, uh, come on in, we're going to take your money and, and you go out here. No, it, it's actually the same thing that we are all, same thing he was talking about on the tour, same thing he's talking about his music, same thing we do. You got a passion about what you're doing. So he's giving you the opportunity to have the best that you can do because he's really worked his butt off to go out and find it. You know, 
I've been on tons and tons of hunts where you go out and it's like, hey, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. You get out there and it's really not that great. You could tell that when we pulled in there and the vortex starts in, it's like, hey, these guys have been watching this area and they come and find this area. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's just hard work. Brian, the would, day, it's hard work. Brian, what would you say about Trey and the efforts of him and his partner, Blue and their crew? I mean, from the the can you know the camera help of Nate and everything that Dylan uh, Jake I mean I'm know I'm missing some people but what would you say about flatline what you've experienced? Uh, I don't get to do as much hunting as uh, most people anymore. It's just tied up right now. But uh, first time coming to Oklahoma too, it's been amazing. And and going back a little bit to your comment earlier about you not calling early enough or whatever. That's the first time that I've ever just sat and watched just hundreds of ducks come in and, and kind of lock up and float down and, and do all their stuff and not run into each other. And that was really special. And that, that's the ride home for me was better than the ride there. Cause while you're thinking about all that, you know, preparation stuff, I don't know anything about all that shit. So on the way back, I'm just thinking about like, I just watched a few hundred ducks at a time circling around and coming back. And that's just cool. Cause we never get to do that. You know where I'm, where I live at now, uh, my buddies had duck hunting. You get a single Susie flying over you. <laughs> Rob Roberts was son with you? <laughs> <laughs> I do not believe you. <laughs> but no, it's, it's been great. And you can definitely, uh, you can feel the effort that's put into it. Cody, would you come back to Flatline out there? I am coming back. You oh, you've already set it up. It's happening. Uh, I, I had to book this for you. Well, I'm, I, I, you're I'm in charge of your stack. I'm a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, in the last <laughs> six hours, maybe nice. Since your higher date. So this camp, six, uh, the Law Dog Hunt Lodge, Oklahoma, Flatline Outfitters. I mean, everybody's amazing. I think that when we see you down the road at the show, we're going to talk about these hunts. Absolutely. This was cool. This was cool. For, forever. You know, this I was think cool. you said something about that. You were like, these are, these are your kind of things. So it's all you. They just walk in. Yeah. Mm. What did you? Mm. Yes, yeah, it was And people are always like, "You guys get to hunt the best places, and you could. No wonder you kill." I'm like, "Dude, those are a dime a dozen. Those things right there. People say the word dime a dozen. Those hunts right there are not. Those are no. once in a, a no. season, right? Like at Trey best. might say a couple best. of those a season, right, Trey? Yeah, at best. I'd probably say one of you realize. You said, "Nah, man. Yeah, you're <laughs> 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 Every day. He's like, nah, man, it all needs to say. I mean, we, we have some tough days from time to time, but we do our best to do to make moments like that happen every day. What's yes. bad is if we were here tomorrow, it would happen again tomorrow. There that yeah, man, it, it would happen again tomorrow. But and I, and so, I have another feed just like it. The, the, the biggest thing is, I have the people around you. How much fun have we had? And how, how much good? That's about the people. One of the other. It's about people. Just like that. So, that big expanse of fields, right? And they wanted to come right there. Right so there. it's not like we were, we, there was a field somewhere and we just happened to be in it. We were in like the juice of the, the juice. X. Just the, the juice of the juice. juice of the juice. Yeah, cool. the X within the X and then, you know, they knew that. Like, we, it wasn't that we were in that right area. We were like in the exact right spot. So I agree. I, I, I'm a... We had to be like, hey, I'll get out of here. We're trying to pick up the people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> that one mallard, I think it was Clay or something, we were standing in the and that one mallard just kept. He took a chase out, he'd go way out. He was walking through the decoys while we were taking the mallard. Three times. He lit. He lit. He lit. 
Here's the, snow. the sun. We're in it like this. The sunset this, this afternoon. That that tells you, and I'm, I'm not I'm not going to get religious or spirit. I mean, I got a lot of spirit. I, I'm very spiritual, but there's a higher power. I mean, that you can't explain that shit, right? That's those ducks and that sunset and those dogs do what they're doing, and everything that we were blessed with. There's something going on in this universe that we don't have control of, right? Promise. We don't have control of this shit. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, looks like you're going to get chucked in this water. Oh, yeah, and chopping it. Awesome copy and everything. I'm going to start a new company called the Douche Ninja. Douche Ninja? Douche Ninja? I wish I could say that. I think he deserves you, too. What is this? Douche Ninja. We're going to go out with another episode of the Fallout Podcast. Thank you so much to the Cajun Boy Catering Team. Tell me their names one more time. I'm, I just met them tonight, so I don't feel bad for them. I don't remember their name. Brett and Dalton. Brett and Dalton. I knew Dalton's because of Roadhouse. Oh, damn. Sam Elliott, Patrick Swayze, and I'll whip somebody's ass. Remember that big grizzly bear falls on him at the end there? Remember when he said, I used to shoot two people like you in prison? Oh, oh yeah. That, that was, was great. Cajun boy catering. They'll come to you. Well, I'm telling you, we had gumbo tonight. We learned what gumbo was. I learned what Boudin was. They also did whitetail backstrap with the dipping sauce. Absolutely phenomenal for the taste of. Find them on Instagram at Cajun Boy Catering. Go to the IG if you want to. I want to stay off social media, but I will hit up the Cajun Boy Catering Instagram page and give them a follow because I want to learn how to cook like them. We're going to get one of their recipes in the next provider cookbook for sure. Thank you to Gator Coolers. Thank you to Trey and Blue and the entire Flatline Outfitters crew. Right here in Oklahoma, USA, Merle Haggard sang about it. I'd rather be an Oak. Clay, how's it go? Wow. I'm just an Okie from Muskogee. What was your first version of that? Huh? Where squares can be circles on LSD. Still put your <laughs> Clay, you want to come do uh, uh, Okie from Muskogee real quick? You don't know he's on the picking guitar. I'm gonna ask Cody Cannabis as we go out of this right here at the Law Dog Hunting Lodge. Thank you to Mr. Russ. Les, please feel better. Thank you to everybody in Oklahoma that rolled out the red carpet. What was this burger spot we ate at? The, the dairy what? The dairy mark. The dairy mark. Absolutely phenomenal hamburgers. Phenomenal. We're gonna get one of those tomorrow mm-hmm. before y'all get out of town. Cody, I'm gonna ask you this. We're gonna go out with the Whiskey Meyer song. Which one can it be right now as we sit here in Oklahoma after these unbelievable two days? What do you want to go out with? Early morning shakes. Early morning yeah. shakes. Tom, yeah. hit that button. This is Cody Cannon and Whiskey Myers. Early morning shakes. Thank y'all so much for listening to the Foul Life Podcast. For Brian McGee, your dear George, Rob Roberts, and Cody Cannon and Whiskey Myers, this is Early Morning Shakes right here at the Foul Life Podcast. Thank y'all so much. Just give an everything I got to this nothing left. Put the early morning shake.